The Gov Innovator Podcast is sponsored by MDRC, committed to finding solutions to some of the most difficult problems facing the nation, from reducing poverty to bolstering economic self-sufficiency to improving public education and college graduation rates. To learn more, visit mdrc.org. Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is one of the best examples of a partnership between a university and a school district. It's the partnership between Stanford University and the San Francisco Unified School District. Our guest is Laura Wentworth, the partnership's director. That interview is next. Launched in 2009, the partnership between Stanford University and the San Francisco Unified School District matches researchers from Stanford's Graduate School of Education with district leaders to create research projects to directly inform the school district's work in terms of policies, practice, and scholarship in order to maximize student outcomes. To learn more about the partnership, I'm joined by Laura Wentworth. Since 2009, she's worked for California Education Partners as the director of the partnership. Ed Partners is a third-party organization that supports collaboration in the education sector across California. She's a former public school teacher and earned her Ph.D. in administration and policy analysis in education from Stanford. Laura, welcome. Thanks so much, Andy, for having me. So, Laura, I gave a very brief overview of the partnership, but tell us in your own words, how does the partnership work? Yeah, so the partnership between Stanford and San Francisco Unified really has two goals. We're trying to produce research evidence that's useful to district administrators who are making key decisions about how the district is run and works. And then we're also trying to help professors at Stanford produce research that is seen as useful, that actually has findings that are useful for the district administrators. So to do that, to achieve those goals, the researchers and the district administrators work together on research projects, and we encourage them to engage together on a regular basis on this work um, in person most of the time because they're close by, and they should view this project as working together to achieve the goals of the project. But then also, we want them to view this project as they'll actually produce more interesting findings and help achieve their goals if they work together on them and that they're actually stronger by working together. So that's kind of how it works. And Laura, what does the average setup look like, the average project? There's a lead professor who works with a administrator? Usually it's one professor and some doctoral students or maybe a project manager, but usually one professor might be two. Um, but there's usually a key district administrator who acts as the owner of the research project and really has a strong desire to help operationalize that project because they really want to know the findings from that project and have a sense about how they might use those findings in their decisions. I want to turn out to some examples of projects. One relates to a new high school course that was proposed. Tell us about that. So the school board in San Francisco decided that it would be important to offer an ethnic studies course to their high school students in ninth grade. They thought this course would do some incredible things, like help with truancy, help the, some of the students see themselves more in the history that is taught in these high schools. Um, and so when the policy was passed, the policy um, actually supported a pilot of an ethnic studies course across a set of schools in San Francisco. 
And when that happened, the administrator that was kind of charged with implementing that pilot, he, his name is Bill Sanderson. He knew that there would come a time where the, the school board would want to say, okay, do we want to take this course we piloted and actually spread it and offer it across all our high schools? And he wanted to make sure that the course actually lived up to what it said it was going to do, like increasing attendance, reducing truancy, increasing GPA levels for students. Um, and so he was paired with a professor named Tom D. He's an economist. And Tom D. basically said, I'll study anything that has a clear threshold or where he can use his analytic approaches to study things in a quasi-experimental way. So he um, worked with the administrator to better understand how the course was implemented. And they designed a study just using administrative data. He was working with a postdoc at the time, Emily Penner. Um, and they designed a study that actually could look at what impact the Ethnic Studies course was having. And the course was having quite a big effect. And so uh, Mr. Sanderson brought this evidence from Professor D and um, Ms. Penner um, to the school board as a compelling reason why they should spread the course to other high schools. It's a nice example of not only having a theory of why something might work, but then putting that to the test and gathering real evidence before you decide whether to scale it up. Yeah. And, you know, what it didn't do was give you evidence about how to go about scaling it up, right? It gave you evidence that it was effective. So now just subsequently, they're all working together again to now study, did they have long-term effects for those students in the pilot? And then what effect is the, the course that's now offered across all high schools having? So the evidence continues to be uh, collected. And we can note for people interested in methodology that students were placed into this pilot course based on an indicator, an at-risk indicator, and the Stanford researchers were able to then compare students who were just below and above the cutoff point for the course. In other words, regression discontinuity. Laura, I want to ask you to share one other really great example of a project that's come out of this partnership, and that has to do with a texting intervention. Right. So there's a professor named Susanna Loeb at Stanford who actually had been partnering for a while with the chief of early education, who was then Carla Bryant at San Francisco Unified. And so they developed an intervention which would text tips, three tips a week to parents of four-year-olds that were attending preschool in San Francisco. And they used a RCT, a randomized control trial. So there were parents that were randomly placed into this intervention. You know, the tips were like, um, um, when you're giving a kid a bath, point out the letters on the shampoo bottle. And, you know, in the control group, uh, it was things like, make sure your kids are vaccinated. So nothing to do with literacy. And what they found was that these tips actually did indeed help improve literacy uh, skills in the early ed students. So much so students would go from knowing, you know, like seven letters to 17 letters if they were in the treatment. And even the parents that received the text during the treatment actually uh, enjoyed the text. So it was a win-win. A couple final questions for you, Laura. In terms of research, in terms of how the partnership is funded, Stanford GSE, the Graduate School of Education, dedicated a pot of money for the partnership. Is that right? 
Yeah. The thinking behind the Graduate School of Education was we had actually been working on the partnership for three or four years, even before they put any funding into the partnership. But it started producing a lot of research that was very generalizable, was producing journal articles, not just useful research for the district. And they decided that if they wanted to motivate their professors to actually do more research like this, one of the key ways to motivate them was to put some funding behind projects that would be in San Francisco. So we there's something called the Stanford Incentive Fund for Projects in San Francisco Unified. And there's a formal request for proposals. The criteria for those projects are threefold. The research has to proposed has to be seen as generalizable. Second, it needs to be aligned to the district's goals and have a clear district owner that's going to use potentially use the findings and help operationalize the project. And the third is they need to have a the researcher and the administrator involved need to have a clear plan of working together. Those are useful requirements. Finally, Laura, tell us any advice that you have for other districts and other universities that may want to try and build this type of partnership. So one of the things that Stanford and San Francisco did, which I think could be useful anywhere, is just to try to survey the landscape for how they're already working together. Um, So I'd recommend making a map of what are the priorities of the district and what research is going on under those priorities or related to those priorities. You know, survey the landscape. And and then if you have a university and a district that want to work together, you know, coming up with what, what is our vision for a great partnership? What would success look like if we did this well and getting some common goals and approaches to working together. And then I'd say probably the third thing is start with one or two projects together. You know, start small. You want to have some early successes. And so it's important to have professors and administrators that really are bought into the vision, have a, might even already have a sense of how, they, how to work together and are ready to go and do a project that uh, will ultimately impact the decision-making that's happening at the district and hopefully impact outcomes for students. My thanks to Laura Wentworth for being with us today, and thanks to all of you for listening.